Welcome to the One O'ahu Podcast. Today is Thursday, April 27th, 2023. And joining us this week on the One O'ahu Podcast is the Deputy Director for the Office of Climate Change, Sustainability and Resiliency, or CCSR, as it's way easier to say, <laughs> Ms. Nicola Hedge. Nicola, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Brandy. Thank you. I'm excited. For those who aren't familiar, just tell us a little bit about what your office does, what you're responsible for, and how this office came to be. Absolutely. Well, we are really a product of the community. Uh, it was in 2016 that the Office of Climate Change, Sustainability and Resiliency, a lot of words, but um, for important reasons, was uh, voted into being by uh, an amendment to the city charter. And that kickstarted the establishment of the office in 2017. And uh, it's been really uh, exciting work since then. Uh, the charge that that uh, charter amendment and the community vote gave to the city and our office is really to ensure that the city and county is is taking serious the issues of climate change, uh, increasing sustainability of city operations, uh, and working with communities to create a more resilient island home. And we do that in a lot of really exciting ways. Uh, we have uh, about 15 team members right now, 15 staff. Uh, we, we like to say we're small but mighty. Uh, and we've also been really fortunate to benefit from, it's almost 60 different uh, AmeriCorps VISTA members who've joined our team uh, through the AmeriCorps VISTA program uh, as sort of volunteers uh, throughout seven different uh, city departments and through the last five years. So they've been an extension of our city's team, uh, really building the capacity of the city to tackle these issues. Uh, and another really big focus of ours has been building community partnership and doing a lot of listening, right? With a new city office, we really wanted to, uh, in the early years, and, and my predecessors, really start by understanding, you know, how does the community define resilience? What of, are the biggest climate change hazards that, that we really need to, to um, take into account? And what more do, they, do, do community see that the city can do? And so a lot of listening, a lot of community engagement, a lot of progress, and be happy to tell you a little bit more about some of our programs. Yeah, so when we're talking about enacting that kind of change, what kind of programs are we talking about exactly? Where is that focus to and who's involved? Great question. So, so the city charter asks of us to uh, better understand some of the latest climate change science, make sure that that's informing the city and what we're doing, coordinate across other city governments, uh, facilitate and coordinate uh, climate change policy and, and operation, sustainable operations within the city. Uh, so a lot of areas that we focus on, we have some really great team members. Uh, that are focused on a variety of different areas within that. So one being uh, coastal and water issues, another energy, uh, which also includes transportation, mm -hmm. uh, hazard mitigation and disaster recovery, a focus on also uh, equity and uh, community engagement, food security and sustainability, and also policy and research. And so we have you know quite a big broad mission. We, again, are a small team, but the really secret sauce to our success is our partnerships and that's whether that's with community or whether that's with other uh, city departments uh, the leaders that already existed in the city because you know so much of this work is about working together uh, and seeing these big broad goals move over time and so that's something that we really um, try to to work on focus on uh, and uh, you know certainly something that across all these areas that we work on uh, we're always trying to find out where can our office 
play the best role? Where do we need to lead and drive the action? Where do we maybe need to support others who are leading the change, whether inside or outside government? Where do we need to bring together city departments or community partners who are working on things, maybe in disparate ways, but we could help to help uh, add more collaboration? Uh, so we're really trying to look at you know, these overall goals that the city has set uh, around climate action, resilience, and sustainability, and uh, making sure that we're playing to our strengths as a team and the city and the community to see progress overall. You know, Nicola, it's a really big month for CCSR, and timely that we have you on. Um, I want to ask about the 2023 Annual Sustainability Report released just last week. What <clears throat> is this report exactly? Great question, Brandy, and it is a really exciting time to be talking about all of this with, with Earth Day, although I love to say that, you know, <laughs> every day should be Earth Day because there's just so much uh, leadership locally and so much more that we need to do. But this report is our fifth annual sustainability report for the city. We're excited to again put it out in time with Earth Day. Uh, and our effort to continue to be transparent, accountable, also stoke community pride in where we're seeing success seeing success, and then also can stoke conversation about where we still need to go. And there's certainly a number of those elements. So for us, you know, we're excited to use this report so that we can make sure that this data is turned into future action uh, and really encourage listeners to go and, and check it out. There's a lot in there for, for different folks who uh, where it might connect to their passion, their interests, their work on those areas that I mentioned, energy, food, equity, transportation, waste, water, disaster, uh, and city operations. So uh, there's a lot in there. Um, and uh, I definitely want to say a quick word of thanks to those people, uh, whether in or out of the city, that, that made it happen. Where are some of the areas in this year's report where we did see success? There's a lot of great, as, as you may you know, guess. <laughs> There's a lot of great success that we see here in Hawaii and, and in, in Honolulu. There's a lot to be really proud of, whether it's uh, increasing island-wide uh, renewable energy generation uh, to be now 34% of the electricity consumed by residents last year. Uh, so that's really exciting. That's, you know, a third of the way to getting to our 100% uh, clean energy goals by 2045. Uh, a number of other really exciting things we saw last year and are highlighted in the report are a new good food commitment that the city is part of and helped develop partnerships among large institutions island-wide to commit to purchasing more local food products. Uh, we also developed at the city a, a new $3 million agricultural grant program. Uh, there's more than two times the number of residents trained, tra trained in disaster management and response. Uh, and there's a lot of ways in the report where we're really able to show uh, how the city is leading by example in a lot of our sustainability efforts, whether it's uh, the new 10 electric buses added to the city's fleet. Uh, we've also reduced the city's energy consumption 4%, which, you know, on a one, you know, sounds like it's maybe not that big, but, you know, these annual increments add up over time and are really important in order to see the kinds of change overall that we're looking forward to. So um, there's a lot that went underway uh, or that, excuse me, that went into seeing some of these efforts. I think of the, the city's uh, reduction in energy use, for instance, this 4% this of uh, reduction in energy con conservation. 
um, we've we've got two energy service performance contracts uh, that different departments are leading, whether it's design Department of Design and Construction or the Department of Parks and Rec. You know, and these contracts are helping us to drive change, improvements, energy reduction, and save money of the city's you know seventy five million dollar plus energy bill each year. Um, so that we can put more of that money to community serving programs. So there's a lot of really exciting work underway and uh, you know, really hope that that is clear through some of the, the annual sustainability report. The city's energy consumption though, it's, it really is, it, that number jumps out to me that that went down. How did that happen with more people seemingly coming back to work? You know, there's more people working in office now. What do you think caused that number to go down? Is just that awareness? Is that a push from your office? What, what do you think caused that? Great question, Brandy. You know, through the pandemic, there was changes, certainly. But, you know, over this last year, a lot of people have been here uh, here working, right? Uh, I think some of the things that the city can do are both system changes mm -hmm. or building changes. Mm -hmm. There's also behavioral changes, right? So how are we using the buildings? Are we, you know, uh, you know, turning off, are, are, you know, are we, are the systems automated so that uh, when nobody's here, the lights are turning, right. turning off and things like that. So there's a lot of uh, implementation both on the systems and the building side that we, we have done and will continue to do more of. Uh, and I think it's really exciting through these contracts, a lot more renewable energy coming online, right. um, especially next year. I really, I think we'll see a great uptick in that next year. Uh, where we're reporting um, with a lot of uh, solar installations coming up online this year on city buildings. But when we do look at this report, was there anything surprising to you and where do you think we still need to turn around trends where we're, we're not moving in the right direction? Yeah, that's a great value in doing these kinds of reflections, right. right? Putting up a mirror, where are we seeing progress? What do we still need to work on? Some of the things where we've seen some uh, maybe uh, stagnation, uh, whether it's in uh, waste diverted from landfills, which over the last five years has has been relatively stagnant and has been trending away from from our target of, of 90%, 95% diversion by 2030. Um, Another area I think of is transportation. We've seen a lot of areas of success in that space, whether it's in, as I mentioned, new electric buses coming on to build our, our, our public transit fleet, or in the 15% increase that we've seen in the number of registered EVs, uh, and also the 9% increase in the number of public electric vehicle charging stations that will help fuel those electric mm -hmm. vehicles. It's a lot of success, but then there's also indicators where we'd really love to see them turning around. I think of ones like um, the number of bicy bicyclists and pedestrian fatalities, you know, really important, and we've seen that remain sort of, you know, at a stubborn figure over the last few years, and, you know, that certainly has been something that's catalyzed the city continuing to step up to help achieve our Vision Zero goal in eliminating traffic fatalities by, by 2035 and doing things like adopting the city's first ever pedestrian plan and then putting together more, more support within the Department of Transportation Services to go after other federal funding to put in um, safe, more safe uh, pedestrian facilities around the, the island. So, you know, between that and then also, you know, the other big um, factor in transportation that we haven't seen a lot of uh, 
movement yet, and we still need to continue to tackle, is how much we drive, right? Uh, in terms of the pollution that causes climate change, uh, about 20% of that is from the, the fuel that we use and burn to move around the island, uh, our ground, ground transportation. And uh, so everything that we can do to make those vehicles cleaner uh, you know, is, is working towards uh, reducing those emissions, but we, we haven't seen a reduction in how much people are driving. And so that's something that we can continue to work on as a community, uh, whether it's helping getting people back to the bus, continuing to invest in uh, infrastructure that makes people feel safe, and that they have convenient, affordable options uh, outside of driving their own vehicle. This report also includes data sets related to tracking implementation of the city's climate action plan. What, what is that? <laughs> Great question. I was really excited to uh, be part of the city's efforts to put, put together uh, our very first uh, comprehensive climate action plan that was released in 2021. Uh, so that was the first effort for the city to really take a step back and say, what are our goals in alignment with the state around uh, clean energy and net neutral uh, uh, carbon emissions by 2045? And what do we need to do? What, what more do we need to do as a city to achieve those? And so that plan outlines nine different strategies and 40 some different actions. And it's really meant to be uh, a playbook that we can move forward uh, and are. And so folks in the, uh, we'll see in the annual sustainability report, you know, we're clear about where, which actions have we completed? Which are we making significant progress on? Where have we initiated, but you know, still need to do more work? And then are there actions that we haven't started? Uh, and so I think you'll see there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of success. Um, there's still a lot more work to do. Uh, and you know, a lot of that comes down to, again, you know, the biggest source of emissions uh, that we have influence over at the city around the buildings uh, that, that, that we have and how we use electricity here on Oahu and then also ground transportation, as I mentioned. So uh, what kind of fuel are we using in the vehicles that we need and use? And then uh, how much are we using those vehicles and how much fossil fuels are we burning? So uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, great work that the city uh, is doing. And um, yeah, we're, we're excited to keep using this uh, annual sustainability report to be transparent about our progress. When I read some of the other literature that comes out of your office, I also see another plan mentioned, the climate adaptation plan. What's the difference be between those two, climate action plan, climate adaptation plan? Because I think those can get confused at times. They can, and we really try to help make it as clear for folks, but at its core, it's really about one, climate action. What are we doing as a community to reduce the emissions, the pollution that causes global warming. You know, we have an we have an influence over that as an island. We contribute to that, and we all need to play our part in reducing those emissions. And there's a lot of really important co-benefits to doing that. Uh, and so that's really about climate action uh, is reducing the, the the pollution that causes global warming. And then on the 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 other side, um, some say sort of on the the long term um, uh, is also our vulnerability to the impacts of climate change. Right. I think everyone can see, you know, we're, we're an island. We have 360 degrees of vulnerability to climate change. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from the mountains to the coasts, uh, from our communities uh, from, to our infrastructure. And so climate adaptation or, or uh, 
climate, as we're, we're calling a new plan that we're working on, Climate Ready Oahu, mm -hmm. is really about understanding you know, those climate impacts uh, that are most going to affect our community and then what can we do about them, whether that's with city infrastructure, whether that's maintain, making sure that our natural environment is doing all the, you know, the ecosystem mm -hmm. benefits that it, it is, um, is so great for uh, to build our resilience or also um, building our community resilience. Hence adaptation. It's all yes. in the name. Yes. Uh, Nicola, this year's annual sustainability report looks a bit different. Um, some changes, it's available online with an interactive dashboard, but how can folks learn more or even explore a little bit into the different aspects of this year's report? We're really excited that this year we were able to change it up a bit. Uh, so now this year it's displayed as an online interactive dashboard, as you mentioned. Uh, it allows you to you know, look at the different areas that you might be most interested in, filter. Uh, you can engage with the data a bit more. Uh, we hope that we can also update it you know, even more frequently. Uh, and uh, for those that need it, there's also a downloadable report. You know, if this is something mm -hmm. that you think would be helpful to stakeholders you work with, classes, uh, you know, we, we'd love folks to also download it. And now that it's digital, we also hope that we can be more interactive with it so we can see better. Our, you know, what are, what are people most interested in? What, uh, what can we do better? And we'd love to hear from the community about how it can be even a, a better resource. Uh, for anything that's missing or could be even more reflective of, of community progress. And where can folks find that? Great question. You can go to resilientoahu.org slash sustainability report. We know that climate change is a big concern. We've been talking about it for a few minutes now. City and the state are on that path to 100% clean energy like you mentioned. Um, but what are we doing to reduce pollution that causes climate change? What are we doing right now? There's a lot of things that we at the city have outlined in this climate action plan that I mentioned. Uh, the biggest areas that we are looking at uh, as a city are really around energy, the, our buildings, uh, our homes, uh, our schools, uh, and how are we using energy there and how can we reduce the energy and then also make it the you know clean and, and powered by uh, clean renewable energy. Uh, also ground transportation. So looking at, again, how can we you know, limit uh, the amount of fossil fuels that drive uh, our cars, our own cars, those that we use for work, uh, those that power our public transit system. Uh, and then also waste. Waste is a relatively small percentage of our emissions, in part because we do have the H-Power facility that turns our waste into power. And, um, but there's there's also things that we need to be doing uh, in the in the waste sector. So you'll see our climate action plan is really organized in those uh, three ways. Uh, and there are you know one of one of the um, exciting things that that I see are the co-benefits from all of this work around climate action. I think about uh, the ground transportation space uh, and all of the actions that are related to that. You know, if we can help provide at the, at the city more convenient, affordable, safe ways and options for people to get around, as opposed to having to own a car, having to own another car, having to get their family member another car, uh, that saves people money. You know, if, if you can be a car light uh, family because you know that uh, there are convenient 
bus routes, there's you know other rail that 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 serves some communities, uh, that there's more safe and complete streets um, with uh, transit priority lanes or bike safe bike lanes, protected bikeways, uh, and other amenities that help people cross and walk safely through our community. Uh, there's just it it has uh, many dividends for for both climate action and then also for communities. It almost takes a mindset change, though, right, to kind of enact that kind of change, especially when it comes to personal behavior, trying to influence personal behavior. Um, but it is still Earth Month. We still have a couple days left. Uh, so many folks were out volunteering this past weekend for Earth Day, which is great. But what more can be done so that people continue to do this kind of stuff all year round? There is so much that people can that that folks can do. There's so much that people are doing, which is really exciting. Uh, it also doesn't need to be overwhelming. You know, there are just in our everyday life, you can make uh, small small changes. You can, uh, you know, whether it's how you you turn the lights off uh, at your at your home, whether you decide again to, to to walk to the store or take your car that quarter mile. Uh, there are so many things you can do, even down to purchasing more local food wherever you can. Uh, we have uh, we've tried to compile a, a resource on our website resilientoahu.org/getinvolved. Has a lot of great simple actions you can take. We've also got um, a resource capturing a lot of the groups that you can volunteer with, who we know are doing great work day in and day out at their nonprofit or community group. Uh, and another thing we've been really trying to uh, trying to focus on are new resources that are available through the uh, passage by Congress last year of the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, it's the single largest investment that the federal government has made in climate change and energy in American history. So I'd love to share some of the the, the items in there that, that people yeah, can take advantage of. I, yeah, I mean, I, we see it on the news, but what does that actually mean? What will that mean for people here in Hawaii? Great question, Brandy. And we've tried to help from our office to break it down. So we have some great resources on our website uh, for different stakeholders. So if you're an individual or a resident, uh, there's programs that are focused for you. Uh, if you're a building owner or a developer, there, there, there are programs that are applicable to you. I think, and, and there's five different categories that we have up on our website to try to break it down and uh, bring bring folks the information that we know of some of these programs that are already stood up or uh, in development at the, the federal level. Just for individuals, for instance, there's tax credits for renewable energy, for your solar, for your storage. Uh, there's tax credits for energy efficiency upgrades that you might be doing at your household. There's credits for electric vehicles. There's also a credit for used electric vehicles to try to really expand access to some of these. Something really exciting in the Inflation Reduction Act is for, say, nonprofits. If you don't pay taxes, you can't get a tax credit, uh, but they have new mechanisms like a, this direct pay where instead they'll just cut you a check for what you would have received um, as a tax credit. There's a lot of other programs that are still to come online. There's another 68 million that's coming to Hawaii for other energy efficiency rebate programs. Uh, so for upgrades that you might need to do at your, your residence around heating, uh, cooling, around 
um, you know, different energy efficiency uh, upgrades. Uh, there's going to be more rebate programs coming online. So I encourage folks to go to our website at uh, resilientoahu.org, find out more, keep us on our toes if you know of other resources or, or if you have questions that we can help you out with. But definitely want to encourage folks that if you were thinking about these kinds of, of upgrades at your home or your business or your nonprofit, it's a really good time to think even more carefully about it uh, and, and the kinds of resources that can make it even more uh, um, possible to do. I imagine it's tough, though, because when you talk about climate change, um, conservation, folks aren't always so excited. It's, it's hard for us to change our behavior. I, you know, plastic bottles. I don't want to give up single-use plastics. I hate when they give me a cardboard straw. And I really, I drive my car. I drive my car to work every day. It'd be hard for me to change my behavior when it comes to driving my car. I totally so, understand. Uh, but how tough is it for you personally? Because this is your job. Every day you come and you try to influence people's behavior. Yeah. Well, I know how tough those cardboard straw cardboard straws can be with a with a two-year-old who's trying to navigate those sometimes and they just don't work but uh, but there are a lot of other great options for straws that people are using and and overall I think you know our office isn't about trying to promote people's sacrifice it's about trying to promote options for people that make it even easier even more affordable to take to take advantage of options out there that can help you live uh, a lifestyle that you want um, but also is helping to reduce emissions so helping to again find other financing that makes it more you know even more of a no-brainer to to have solar if you can uh, you know when equipment is breaking down even more options so that when you go to the store uh, it's even cheaper to replace you know the kinds of uh, appliances that that you have at home mm -hmm. uh, with with even more efficient options uh, or whether it's again as you're out and about moving around with your friends family uh, you're you know, you're in your workplace, that you have options that are convenient and affordable and safe to get around and get you out of always having to feel like you have to drive uh, uh, your car by yourself mm -hmm. uh, to from work uh, or to from where you need to go, especially in short trips. Uh, so, so that's really what we're focused on. And I think, you know, there's, there's sometimes a misperception that, that we're always trying to, to work towards that working on sustainability or climate action is working at odds with all of our efforts around affordability. Um, I think that's, you know, there's so many things that, that we see where there's win-wins where actually the work to, to reduce emissions is also gonna see um, uh, help to reduce cost uh, and uh, to help save people, you know, money in their pocketbooks. Owning a car is really expensive. You know, mm -hmm. if we can help to tip the scale where for more people having that second car, it's, it, you know, they don't, they don't actually need it because there are these other options that they can get by with. Uh, if we can help tip the scales towards, uh, you know, more people feeling like, uh, yeah, it is, it, is, it is actually possible to own an EV even though I live at a, you know, multifamily building because there's charging infrastructure around. Uh, or because there's these tax credits to, to help um, get a used EV. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot, I think, that, that we are doing and uh, where there's alignment between our climate goals, you know, our affordability needs as a community, and, and just the general lifestyle choices. So, Brandy, you can, 
I can carpool with you every morning. You can carpool. (laughs) You can, uh, you know, take other options. Or, um, again, EVs are becoming more, even more accessible. Um, They're already cheaper once you once you own it to operate and maintain. Uh, And um, and so I think, again, you know, we we really are through our office and many partnerships really looking at those win wins. You mentioned you have a two year old. What do your kids think you do for work? You know, it's been, that's one thing that I think is such an important life force in, in Hoi is what, what are our cakey want? What are they, what are they saying? What are they standing up for? And it's, um, it's pretty awesome what my five-year-old comes home with sometimes, <laughs> whether it's helping us to stay uh, on account uh, as a family in what we're doing or, um, or also just generally, you know, what he knows of uh, in terms of protecting the planet and what we need to do and, and his mom's job. So uh, certainly, you know, that's that's one of the things that I think also drives a lot of decision makers and uh, community members that, that we work with uh, is really the outstanding youth leadership that we have in Honolulu and in Hawaii. There are so many groups uh, uh, that are, are really standing up to take leadership and ownership and and make sure that that we're collectively working towards uh, a future that they want to see, and will help them stay here in Hawaii, uh, and uh, and and really continue to to thrive. Sorry, you mentioned the ideas that your five-year-old kind of has for protecting the planet. Is that what he thinks you do? You're like it's like Captain Planet. Like you prote- you go to work and you protect. He, he the hasn't planet. said those exact words, but uh, yeah, trying to improve the Earth, you know, is uh, is something that that he knows that I work on and uh, is is always making sure that that we do. Just the other day, we're at the beach and he's like, "Oh no, he sees plastic in the ocean. He's out there uh, grabbing it up." <laughs> he's inspiring me probably more than than I'm inspiring him. Does that help that the good work that you're doing really is, it's for our future generations, it's them we need to think about yeah. as we're moving forward? Absolutely. And I think in so many ways, you know, again, that's an asset that we have here in Hawaii. Uh, there's, again, so many youth groups. It's the Hawaii Youth Climate Coalition, uh, you know, whether it's all the other youth, even the new youth commission that we have at the city uh, that are continuing to come out uh, and really make sure that we're not afraid of change, that we're that we're not afraid to make change that we need uh, in order to to help keep keep Hawaii, you know, what makes it special and also just affordable and, and resilient to what we know are the changes that we're going to see from climate change. Yeah, we talked about some of the changes, you know, now for saving money, reducing pollution, things like that. But what about what are we doing now when it comes to climate change? What are we already doing? One of the things that I'm really excited uh, that's coming up is our, uh, is again, so you asked about what's the difference between climate action, reducing emissions, and then climate preparedness. Our our office has been working for a couple of years now on a climate-ready Oahu strategy. So really looking at some of our biggest risks and vulnerabilities as a community around uh, rain, rain bombs, around increasing heat, around sea level rise, and we've engaged in, over these two years, in uh, robust community engagement. We've been working with other city departments to put together sort of the complement to our climate action plan, a climate-ready Oahu strategy to help drive more coordinated uh, and um, ambitious action 
uh, towards what we know, again, are some of these impacts that we're going to be seeing, uh, and, and uh, what do we need to do about it, whether it's as individuals, community members, and certainly from our perspective um, at the city government. So really excited. I hope folks will um, stay tuned, uh, engage with our office. Uh, we should have a public draft coming out uh, this summer, and uh, really looking forward to, to hearing more from the community about how that can be uh, our best plan. When it comes to protecting our water, Aloha Aina, I saw something recently on the calendar. There are some art installations going into Honolulu Hale this week. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited uh, to uh, have, have um, uh, we approached the Mayor's Office of Culture and the Arts and said, you know, hey, is, is there some focus with, with Earth Month coming up in April? Uh, and it's really exciting to see that local groups uh, have come together, uh, whether it's Melee Murals, Sierra Club, Wisdom Circles, Oceania, uh, to help put forward an exhibit uh, really showcasing some of uh, the art and creativity from Keiki and other community residents. It's going to be up at Honolulu Hale uh, starting this Saturday uh, through May 19th. So certainly want to thank them and encourage folks to come check it out. And Nicola, what else should people know about your office or how can they get involved if they have any further questions? We always love hearing from the community. We're doing a lot of outreach, uh, whether it's digital or on specific, specific projects. But encourage folks to come to our website. It's a great starting place if you're not already connected with our office, resilientoahu.org. Uh, we have a, a monthly newsletter. We're on a lot of uh, social media channels. Uh, and we really love to hear from folks, um, and often do, about what more we can do, their ideas, their questions, uh, and how we can do more together. Anything we miss that you want to talk about? I just want to thank the many partners that we have. There's too many to list. <laughs> if I, if uh, yeah, if we had to list all the partners that we have. Uh, it, it would take some time, uh, but that so much of this work is not about our office, right? We're just a we're a catalyst. We help hold space or uh, point uh, champion the success uh, that we're collectively making. So it's really just a, a thank you to uh, the many partners, whether it's at the city, the city, city departments, uh, the many men and women who are working day in and day out, the city council. Uh, different levels of governments, all the community groups, the community leadership uh, that's working in so many spaces. So, um, yeah, otherwise just really excited to, to, to learn more um, from, from partners and to continue to do more together. Nicola, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Brandy. And just a quick note, it's another Town Hall Thursday. Tonight, Mayor Rick Blangiardi and his cabinet We'll be at Ben Parker Elementary in Kaneohe. Meeting starts at 6.30 p.m. The next week, Thursday, May the 4th, Star Wars Day, we'll be at Waialua Elementary at 7 p.m. to hear issues from residents in Waialua, Haleiwa, Sunset, and Pupukea. Spread the word, and I hope you'll join us next week here on the One Oahu Podcast as we're back with Mayor Rick Blangiardi. If you have a question for the mayor or any of the departments here in the city, submit your podcast questions anytime at oneoahu.org slash podcast. Until next time, aloha. Aloha.